Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio. Monster brought to you by Tequila and Bacador. Uh All right, so Demond Cotton had some questions, right? Uh, Demond, are you with me? Yes, I am. And um, they ha- it has to do with the salary cap. And in, in a nutshell, uh, what were you wondering about with the salary cap? That's that's a pretty loaded question. I was in re- I didn't really have any questions. It was just um, so much as the Raiders. The Raiders cap concerns were, I don't have questions that I just, I'm, I have points. Okay, go ahead. That just, um, let's say with the Kenyon Drake signing, only $3 million this year. And it's like, oh, that's good. But next year, it's it's eight. And then so okay. you either release him or. No, 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 no. They're not really. They, okay, they owe so, him that money. So why? So it's, the cap is going to be even higher next year. So maybe why not? Maybe a one-year deal for six million, or maybe just space that out. You know, maybe try to even it out more. So why have why have his cap hit be even higher next season? Well, first of all, you're trying to you do it. You did that in a way where um, you wanted more flexibility this year. And you're understanding that next year, I think the Raiders have 50 plus million dollars under the cap right now, uh, projected to uh, going into next year. They only have like 25 players uh, on on salary going into next year, and that doesn't account for obviously this year's draft class. Uh, we'll see how many guys make the team and 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 are here. Uh, but you know they're in really good shape because they have flexibility, so they're not so much worried about next year's. Salary cap because even with that eight million dollar cap hit, they've got more than fifty million dollars right now to spend. So it's 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 having the ability um, to look ahead and understand. Okay, um, if it, you know where are we right now? What does it look like the next year? What does it look like the year after that? Where could we maybe move? Where could we uh, maybe uh, uh, move? some salary or some guaranteed money um, you know, to in the future in order to be able to be a little bit more flexible right now. So that's, that's basically what you do, and that's what they did in this situation. The $8 million is of less significance last year, next year than it would have been this year because they have a whole bunch of money that they have under the cap as of right now next year, whereas they needed some of that space, you know, more, of that, more of that space this year to work with this year. Okay, and then Colton Miller, how his cap hit is going to be even higher this year. I know that maybe long term that that's going to be the solution. Where you say long term, it's going to be it's not even going to be like it's under fifteen million by the time those final years of that contract extension kick in. But for this season, doesn't it hurt the team? It doesn't really hurt the team. Well, can you um, they had they, a, you don't have the money available because it's like you're saying it like no no no, oh, no, no they do have the money so available, much, but it's like you can't go out and sign like you can't go out and spend yes, the can. money that you want. Why haven't they? Because obviously the the money is not there. No, that's not true. That's where you're. That's that's the misunderstanding that you have. There's a thing in the NFL called proration. Okay, and uh, and 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 in a nutshell, here I I think the reason that they haven't gone out and got somebody um, is because you know they're they're they 
they view somebody and this is how they view them numbers wise and they're not going to budge from that. You know, you can't just be given money just to be given money. They have an idea of what a player's worth is. That's the offer. And if you want it, great. If not, that's fine too. Nothing's preventing them from signing a player. And this is what you do. Uh, you know, right now it looks like, you know, if you look at the Raiders salary cap space, um, you know, right, this just the salary cap space. Uh, it looks like oh they're in bad shape. They aren't. They're they're okay. They're perfectly fine uh, in terms of the salary cap right now. Because what you can do, what people misunderstand is the cash part of it and the cap space part of it. Okay. And in the NFL, you have what's called proration. And what does that mean? What does proration mean? It means, Demon. Let's say you're a great free safety, and I'm the Raiders, and I want to sign you to a contract, but. But and but 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 Vinny, you only you, you have this much under the salary cap. How can you make it happen? Well, Demond, I'm going to give you a three-year, fifteen million dollar contract, okay? And I'm going to give you ten million dollars guaranteed. All right. But you're saying, but you don't have that to be able to give it based on under the cap. Well, that's okay because what we're going to do is we're going to take. Ten million of that of that ten million dollars that's guaranteed, I'm going to put it into a signing bonus rather than salary, and I'm going to be able to prorate that signing bonus over the course of the three years of your contract. What is three divided by or ten divided by three? That becomes your. That's the way the Raiders can manage not having the cap space, but be, be, being able to spend cash um, in a way that satisfies you, the player. And it's spread out over the three years rather than being a big hit in this year. So you can sign a player to a three-year contract uh, with a guaranteed $10 million and make this year's salary as low as you basically want it to be to be able to fit it under, quote, unquote, the cap. And it's done all the time. So it's not you, – you don't worry about how much cap sp- – obviously, at some point, it becomes you know an issue if you're talking about a big, huge contract. But But – in the kind of signings that they're looking at right now, it it doesn't really matter much. They'll be able to get who they want uh, if they want that player at the price that they want that player and still be able to make it work under the salary cap by spending cash up front, signing the player to a whatever. You could you can put as many years as you want on that um, and, and spread the – that that salary bonus just divide it over the amount of those years so that you're not taking a hit in year one you're spreading it out you're spreading that cash out over the course of multiple seasons in order to to get it under the salary get that salary under the salary cap Does well the team just sense? keeps kicking the can down the road when are they ever going to be like uh serious about when's when's the uh, when's the year going to be the year for the raiders well i mean why are you saying that that's not happening right now I mean, I don't, I don't understand your question right there. The, you know, they're, they're not kicking anything. That's that's one good thing that the Raiders don't do. They don't kick it down the road. They'll do every once in a while on a smaller deal like that. But all their contracts are basically pay as you play, and that that doesn't. And, and by doing that, it doesn't hamper them down the road. They're in tremendous shape next year on the salary cap and years ahead because of the way that they're structuring these contracts. So you're asking me, how can they make a signing this year to help them? And I just explained it to you. And, you know, it's not... Yes, I I hear you, but they haven't done it yet. So you're giving me, like, the possibilities, but I'm just saying, still no free safety. And that's just going to be my... uh, 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 I hear what you're saying. I hear you. I'm listening. And I hear you. 
but still no free safety. And and duly noted, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to. I mean, what are we? We're in. <laughs> it's mean, April eighth, but you're I mean, but you're, you're 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 arguing in circles. You're saying that they can't do it because of the salary cap, and because I'm saying no. That's not that's not the case at all. Because they have the difference. Okay, okay. Again, listen to what you're saying. What's the question? Are you you're asking if you're asking why haven't they? You know, we can try to discuss that. But you're implying that they can't because of the salary cap, and that's just not the case. Well, yeah, you know, I'm saying, that- yeah, there's still there's some money that if you want to just go give like, oh, if someone is like if they could sign someone for like a three million dollar contract guaranteed right now, okay, maybe like one season, yeah, that can happen. But why haven't they? I think it's because both players right now and team. Well, more than anything, I think that they they believe that they're going to be able to get somebody in the draft. That's why. And I, you know, it was interesting because I was listening to a uh, podcast that Richard Sherman was doing, and he was talking about that very thing about how teams are, how, how things are going to have to wait till after the draft for him. Because, and he goes, I, co- I completely get it. I, co- I totally understand it. There's teams right now that are going to try to find their young guy in the draft uh, and then circle back to players like myself after the draft, after the dust settles and teams realize what they were able to get, what they weren't able to get. Uh, in the draft, whether they satisfied all needs or have some other needs that they still have to uh, address post-draft, that's where those type of signings are going to end up happening. So, you know, you're saying go sign a free safety. They may not need to sign a free safety after the draft, but that doesn't mean that safety that they have in mind right now isn't going to be there, you know, after the draft. I'm sure they've talked to a bunch of guys and, and had that kind of very specific conversation. Like, look, we're not in a rush to take care of it right now. We're going to focus on the draft for right now. Uh, but let's talk again after after the draft. That happens all the time. And from the player's perspective, you could actually increase your value by waiting because now the Raiders come knocking on your door or anybody else after the draft because they weren't able to get who they wanted in the draft. And all of a sudden, that need becomes even more pronounced. Now you'll be able to, as the players say, well, okay, great. Now it's going to cost you this. And if the team wants to do it, um, they will. If not, obviously they'll pass on and, and move on to another, another, um, you know, another player. But again, the distinction that we're trying to make is it's not because the Raiders can't do it. They have the money. They can make it work under the salary cap. It's just that they've basically right now at this point chosen not to because I think that they're looking uh, to the draft. And that, and I also believe that they do have an offer out to one or maybe even two players right now that the players are sitting on, you know, and and so it just hasn't come to fruition yet. But I think they have offers out to a couple of players at a couple of different uh, at a couple of key positions, and everyone's just playing the waiting game right now. Yeah, I hear you, but uh, you made some solid points, but uh, my mind's not changing. Solid points from, you from, solid, from what? Solid what, is, you what, what have you made up you made. your mind about? Solid points. I don't you understand made. what you've made your mind up about. I, the mind's been made. What do you mean? The, 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 I've made up my mind. Of what though? Of what, what what conclusion have you come to, Demont Cotton? That they don't have the money to spend because they spent it all on offensive players this off season. Okay. All right. Come well, on, I'm glad that that's what you're thinking. That, and you find me, me the you're case wrong. that that's not that that's not true. You're that wrong. Most of the money this all season has gone to more offensive players besides Yannick Ngagwe. What? 
more money has been spent on and off. Are you completely forgetting all the all the players that they have signed? They, they, they've signed all, like all the five players off defense. the defense on the defensive line that you basically could have just got off the scrap heap. That's not you. That's I mean, it, you, there's ways to make no, your no point dis- without no dis- exaggerating. No disrespect, no disrespect to those players, but players I that know, but- they team like Yannick Ngagwe had offers, but Solomon Thomas, no disrespect to him. He wasn't like teams weren't clamoring for Solomon. Like nobody's like, oh, Dag Nabbit, we didn't get Solomon Thomas this offseason. I think Quentin Jefferson is a guy that had multiple offers. Um, and I think he's going to be a valuable piece. You know, they they obviously also brought back Jonathan Hankins. They brought back Nicholas Morrow. So they've it's not like they haven't spent any money uh, uh defensively. And, you know, it, it, they're gonna get the free safety thing fixed. I don't know why, you know, you're 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 not that you're freaking out about that, but I think you're wrong is what I'm saying. In fact, I know you're wrong. And I think that there are offers that they have uh, out there to a couple of players um, and, and one of which or multiple of which is in that secondary. But again, not everybody's in a rush right now to get it done because there's the draft that's coming up and players want to see what, what, you know, where the dust settles after the draft and so do teams. So it's not – we're not – we're not um, at a point in the NFL calendar where you have to fill every single hole by right now. You keep your options. You're almost better off keeping your options open, and that's as the player and as the team because you never know what might happen in the draft. There might be a trade possibility in the draft. Somebody might fill a big need in in the draft and figure, you know what, we're going to trade – so and so, we're gonna we're gonna make him available now. All of these possibilities exist post draft, and sometimes even during the draft, and sometimes like literally the day before the draft or leading up to the draft. So we'll uh, absolutely see. We're gonna go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Justin wants to talk about the draft. How you doing, Justin? Hey, Vinny, can you hear me? I got you, brother. <laughs> you guys are killing me. You guys need to make this a re- reoccurring segment every every show. Just I I don't know what he's not getting. I don't know what Devon's not getting, but okay. <laughs> Hey, it's good radio. Anyways, hey, um, I'm yeah. at work, so I, I can't talk too long, man. But um, there's been a name floating around, uh, dudes flying up draft boards. Just wondering if you've heard anything on the guy. Don't know if the value would be there at 17 for him, but maybe uh, a trade up early second or something like that. The um, is I think it's Jamin Davis out of Kentucky. That linebacker kind of seems like yeah, he's like a, he's really tearing it up right now. Um, probably a, a late Adams first. He, yeah, he he. Go ahead. No, yeah, I was just saying, like, comps similarly like to, like, the Cam Chancellor, Jamal Adams-type guy. Just wondering if you're hearing any buzz about him, like, maybe late first, early second, but you think it would be a reach at 17? Well, uh, probably at 17. Uh, he's projected to go late first, uh, early second round. So so you're in a little bit of no-man's land if you're, if you're the Raiders um, because probably a little bit too much of a reach to go get him at 17. Uh, but no guarantees whatsoever uh, that he's going to be there at number forty-eight, and 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 he really is starting to um, fly off the uh, you know fly up uh, the the ladder, as they say, um, and and you know definitely a player that would fit. You know, uh, you're talking about a guy two hundred thirty-four pounds. He can he seems like a, a, a three-down uh, kind of a guy. Um, just a one-year starter. That that kind of uh, that that. He makes you wonder a little bit, but nevertheless, uh, he made the most of that year, didn't he? Um, he's kind of a middle linebacker uh, in uh, what uh, I'm, I'm reading uh, the athletics uh, draft guide right now. Mark Stoops had a 4-2-5 uh, 
uh, hybrid uh, scheme, and, and and he played that middle linebacker. Uh, this is what uh, Dane Brugler says. Overall, David, Davis is in a banger and needs to improve his take on skills, but he trusts his eyes and plays fast to quickly respond to play development. He projects as a run and chase linebacker uh, as a, and a Zach Cunningham clone. So um, I, I, I like him, and I think that they're – I think that the ceiling is still high for a guy that, you know, played or, you know, started one year uh, in college. And he's definitely, uh, especially athletic, has been uh, really uh, uh, impressing a lot of people and flying up the board uh, as a result. result. Justin, thanks for the call. Keep uh, keep on uh, knocking on our door anytime you want. Uh, we always appreciate it. Ryan uh, wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Ryan? Doing, Vinny. I'm doing good, man. Cool. So, um you know, me and my friend, Juice, shout out to Juice. We talk later football all day, every day, all year long. This is what we do. It's a major passion for us, you know. So we have a, uh, an acute, uh, shrewd point of view of watching tape and watching things. So we, we feel pretty in tune with the, with the actual team that, that's being put out there on the field. And mm-hmm. I know people are – you know, we have a lot of history of losing. You know, I, I have to understand. I have to sympathize with Raider Nation. I'm in it. I know what it's like. I've been there with you. I was at Charles Wilson's last game. I was at a, tra- a Chargers game in Oakland about six, seven years ago where if we won it, we were in the playoffs, and it just <laughs> didn't happen. But I, I like what I like what we're doing here in Vegas. I, I'm, I'm giving these cats a, a clean slate, and I just love the overall ability. I love the talent. I love the work ethic. I love the coaching staff that's coming in. I love the overall atmosphere of just the players that have been brought in over the last four years. I just It just feels different to me, you know. Um, but I'm just excited for the draft because I feel like this is the first draft we're going into where I feel like if we just – if we hit, then, you know, we're sitting pretty in the playoffs and – Whatever improvement the players can make in the off season and, and stay healthy during the season, I feel like it, you know, just sky's the limit. So, um, I'm gonna let you go, but just want to get my thoughts there. And uh, shoot, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the draft. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it, and uh, don't be a stranger. Call whenever you want. Uh, appreciate uh, the passion for, for you know for for your team, and uh, we're here to to help uh, as 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 much as we can. And I I'm with you. I think that. I remember pre- preparing for last year's draft, um, my first year covering the Raiders, my first year covering the Raiders full time, and I'm like, you know, they need a wide receiver, uh, they need, um, you know, uh, some some depth along the offensive line. They had a hole at both uh, at cornerback, uh, line, the, the third linebacker uh, was was you know uh, uncertain. Who is going to be able to, uh, you know, uh, defensive line depth was was a huge issue. Safety um, was 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 an issue. Um, so uh, Jonathan Abram was coming back. Uh, there were questions about about him. There were there were a lot of areas on the field. Um, they didn't really have a backup running back uh, necessarily, and um, there there were a lot there were there were holes, uh, a lot of holes, and a lot of question marks. And you know when I when I'm doing the preparation now this year, I think it's it's much more defined this year compared to last year. Now, granted, um, you, you, there's there's from the Raiders' perspective a leap of faith that either Andre James or Nick Martin is going to hold down uh, the center spot. Uh, I think they're really comfortable with uh, all the the three guards in John Simpson and Denzel Good. And um, Nick um, or, or, or uh, Richie Incognito 
holding down the two guard spots out of those three players. Uh, obviously, Colton Miller is is there at left tackle. Uh, but but as far as the left or the the uh, right tackle, they need to find a, a right tackle. But I think that there's capable players in this draft and still even in, in free agency, um, if they don't fill it in the draft, uh, that they're going to be able to rely on. And when I look at uh, that 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 defense again, to me, the needs are much more condensed. You you need a free safety without question, um, and I, I think you need depth uh, at cornerback. Uh, whether you want to bring in a veteran cornerback or draft another cornerback and move uh, Damon Arnett uh, inside, or do you want to um, you know bring in a veteran inside? There are players of that uh, ilk that are are remaining, and that's why I, out, out on free agency, and that's why I think that they're waiting until after the draft uh, to really sew some things up to see where they are after this draft. Because if you can um, fill as many needs uh, with the draft, and that's it's always about that. Uh, rather than go out on the open market uh, to spend, um, that's what they're gonna. That's that's the ideal way to do it. Uh, but I think that there's enough out there in both on both shelves, on both aisles, shopping aisles, on the draft shopping aisle, and on the free agent remaining free agent uh, shopping aisle, where they're gonna still be able to. They're gonna be able to fill those uh, those needs, and there aren't as many now as there were in the past. And I think that's definitely it. It, it helps the Raiders. Be a little bit more selective and even a little bit more patient in filling uh, uh, their needs, and I think that's how they're operating right now. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Alan is in Las Vegas. How you doing, Alan? I'm doing great, Vinny. How you guys been? Uh, doing really well, thank you. Yes, sir. Um, I have a question for you, man. Uh, I just thought about this this morning. I haven't heard too much about this idea or concept, um, but I'm thinking if there's any way that a Panay Soul drops down to 14 or 15, would one, would the Raiders try to make a trade to jump up and get him? And two, if we were to draft him, can we either put him or Colton Miller on on the other side of the line? Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking about that just the other day, actually. Uh, do you trade if Sewell starts falling? Um, I think it's it's and 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 to your to your second question, I think he comes in and, and plays right tackle if that's if he if he if that's the way it goes because there's another player that's that's kind of in that same situation, uh, Christian Darasaw, who's a left tackle by trade, uh, but if he came to the Raiders, would have to play right tackle because Colton Miller's over there. But the one way to look at it is, uh, you know, Colton Miller is here through 2023, um, I believe it is, um, or 2025. Uh, so you can, you can start projecting ahead. If you, if you draft a guy, that's really a good left tackle, but make him but have him play right tackle, uh, during the first part of his career, there's your, natural, um, uh, replacement plan to replace Colton Miller, you know, when it's time to replace a Colton Miller with a still relatively young, uh, player. So, uh, we'll see as far as trading up for Sewell, uh, um, I I don't know. I think that uh, I don't think I don't think that he trade up. I think the more likely scenario is if one of those really premier difference maker defensive players um, are in arm's reach, where it wouldn't take a whole lot to move up to go get him. Uh, I think that that's more likely, or more likely actually, or even more likely than that, is to trade down, get some more assets, and be able to fill more holes. Uh, that way, trade down um, comfortably, knowing that you can still get the guy 
um, you know, uh, that, that you prefer, uh, whether it's 23, 25 in that range, pick up another, you know, third round pick maybe, or a fourth round pick, uh, to be able to, uh, to help yourself in some other areas, uh, as well by bringing in more players. Uh, I think that's, that's, um, even more likely than the trade up scenario, but man, I'm saying this watching Michael Parsons, uh, last night, like I did, uh, this is a guy that, you could put on the field very, very early, and he can really be a. He could be one of the best defensive players on this team. He'd be a difference maker, ASAP. And I think if you're the Raiders, that's what you need. You need guys that are going to be able to come in uh, as early as possible on this defense and be able to make plays. I think he does that. I think he accentuates uh, everything else that you have on this defense because there is talent on this defense. Uh, is it? You know, Hall of Fame, game-changing talent? No, not right now. Uh, but is it Pro Bowl caliber talent? I think Yannick Ngakwe uh, is a Pro Bowl caliber player. I think Corey Littleton has been a Pro Bowl caliber player. Um, and I think that if you put some real game-breaking type talent around guys like that, this has a chance to be a very, very solid defense. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Benny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. It is a Thursday. You're in the huddle with Benny Bonsignor. Uh, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, talking about the draft, talking about draft needs, uh, where the Raiders stand uh, as far as their roster goes. Uh, it doesn't take uh, Sherlock Holmes uh, or Vince Lombardi to figure out. Uh, they need starters at uh, right tackle and free safety. And uh, still a question mark as far as the slot cornerback uh, position. Um, Another but, position that needs to be filled? Shocker. What? Yeah, I, I don't. I, 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 I'm sure Meek Robertson is going to have a lot to say about that. That's why they drafted him last year, um, and the dude's putting the work in. We'll see. Uh, a lot of this is going to be also in terms of who's ready or who's not. Uh, can't wait uh, to get a look at these guys uh, come OTAs uh, and see where they are physically, where they are mentally. Um, you know, a big year going from year one to year two, and. Uh, you know, guys like I, I, I have to chuckle sometimes because guys like Amik Robertson, I've seen it a million times where, uh, you know, a guy takes a red shirt year, barely even plays, but there's a reason why they're on the roster because they, you know, on the they're dressing out during games and whatnot. It's because there's a belief in them, but the, but re, the, the the reality of it is. Um, you know, when you're a team like the Raiders or any team that drafts a guy in the fourth round like this, you almost ideally just take your time. There's plenty of time left to develop and to develop the right way. And all of a sudden, they come back um, and are a factor uh, the very, the, you know, the next year. I remember a guy by, with the Rams by the name of Sebastian Day. He's a big defensive tackle, I believe from Rutgers. And uh, the Raiders draft, or the Rams drafted him in 2018 and uh, didn't play a lick, but was always on the roster. And, um, you know, the, the, People in the office, 
in the in the in the front office. People in the, in the in the in the Raiders Rams building were like, you know, red shirting them. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, it's just like you go when you're your freshman year in college. You're taking a red shirt year, but it doesn't mean it's a wasted year. And that's the thing I think some fans have to. Uh, reconcile with themselves when they're thinking about these rookies and uh, you know using the term redshirt for an NFL player. It's the very same concept. Not everybody's ready to play day one. And uh, that doesn't mean that guys can't go out there and perform. But ideally, uh, as an NFL team, you're really trying to get the work put in and develop them for down the line. And Sebastian Day, uh, his, his rookie year comes and goes. Uh, I don't I'd have to look back to see if he even played any snaps. Uh, he was dressed out on the roster, you know, all of those good things, uh, but uh, didn't didn't play a lick. So it's basically this time in 2019 and uh, in April of 2019. And I remember having to go over to the Rams building to uh, to do an interview. And who do I run into uh, in the parking lot is Sebastian Day, and I'm looking at him. I'm like. Holy cow, man! You've transformed your body. You're like, you're like, looking like not a completely different person, but obviously he was putting the time in. And he and he, and he told me, he just laughed. He's like, "Yeah, man, this is a big year for me. I can't wait. I'm ready to go." And 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 now he's been a quality starter ever since then. Uh, took over as the nose guard, um, you know, in their three four defense, and has been a good quality player. And this is a guy who didn't play a lick in his first year. People, most fans, the average fan didn't even know who the heck this guy was. He was drafted in the mid-rounds. Um, he spent a year redshirting and developing behind the scenes and then was ready to go when his number got called in his second year. And a guy like Amik Robertson and Tanner Muse, uh, guys like um, you know those type of young players, uh, there's no reason to think that they can't be on similar tracks. Yes, they're rookie years. Um, weren't, you know, uh, Tanner Muse was hurt his whole rookie year. Uh, Amik Robertson um, wasn't ready to perform his rookie year as a fourth-round pick, making that position switch. But seen it too many times where by a year two, by year three, all of a sudden you're talking about a good quality player. So, uh, you know. Seen to, it even to, more times by year two, to, by year two and year three that it just doesn't work out. There are times that that happens, yes. That's why, thankfully, every year there's a draft. Uh, and so you're always in that process of putting new players uh, into the into the system, and 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 it's a number. It becomes a numbers game too. I mean, you're not going to hit on 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 everybody, uh, but a guy like Amik Robertson, uh, if you go watch his tape uh, in college, he, the, he can play football. There's 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 enough there to work with. Now, does he want it bad enough? Um, can he make, successfully make that switch? From outside cornerback to slot cornerback, um, I'll, th th those are questions that that need to be answered, basically. But to assume that he can't or won't, um, or that you know that's a that's a hole that the that the Raiders you know, uh, or just to assume that that's that, that that's not that's a position that's not adequately um, handled right now is 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 a is a mistake. We don't know, you know, and, and I'm not there in the building right now. Uh, I know Amik's been over there working out, and I know that he's definitely. Um, I've seen some of the uh, some of the footage of him working out, and I don't know if he's out there. Um, you know, uh, when when some of these writers get together uh, over at the park, the local park, uh, to get some workouts in. That's that's been ongoing. Um, but you know, there's no reason to think that a guy like Amik Robertson uh, 
you know, can't turn her, not just turn it around. I don't, I don't even want to say turn it around. Just, you know, be on that development path, that right development path. And so, but we're going to find out. But I, I, like I said, uh, there's always another draft. There's always another crop of players. If if Avmik can't get it done, then you move on uh, to 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 another plan. But um, they haven't been in a major rush to go. You know, bring in a slot cornerback. They cut Lamarcus Joyner, uh, the starting slot cornerback from last year. Usually, when things like that happen, there's it, it expresses a level of uh, hope or or at least conviction that. You know, maybe it's Amik's time now. Maybe he's ready to to take the bull by the reins. Um, but you know, I think that there will be competition as well. Um, you know, for him. So so we'll we'll see. And the one area that I know that they need somebody is definitely free safety and right tackle. I, I'm not comfortable um, with who's on the roster right now. Uh, currently, that those positions are filled. I I'm not. I don't. I'm not feeling Brandon Parker as the starting right tackle. He has a chance to come in and prove everybody wrong. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think that – I think that's too big of a risk to put Brandon Parker out there for 16 games and, and just count on him to get it done. I don't think that that's feasible. And I, I, I think Jeff Heath is a, a good, solid player. I think he's more suited to play strong safety than he is free safety. Um, if he In a pinch, you know, he's a guy that you can certainly rely on. Uh, but over the course of a 16-game season, the Raiders need to do better. So those are the two positions right now that uh, there's there's uncertainty, um, and so and so we'll see. Uh, you know that that slot cornerback position too. I, I keep saying this. Who knows? I mean, if you let's say that let's just go down this path. If you do sign Richard Sherman, all right, and I think that he could still play, and if he's beyond. Uh, the leg issues that he had last year. I think he could still be a serviceable, serviceable player, you know, for for another year. Let's say they go get Richard Sherman, and I I do believe that there's been contact. I do believe there's been discussions. And did I you see believe, him at Circa? Yeah, yes, I I did see that. Yes, um, and I think that that's that's another situation that could be you know a post draft type of a situation or maybe he's waiting until after the draft to make his decision you know but I, but I, but let's just say Richard Sherman gets signed uh, all right he's gonna start at cornerback um, you know and I think he's got another good year or at least one good year left left in him now okay Damon Armet Damon Arnett who has played in the slot at Ohio State maybe he becomes your slot cornerback or goes over there and fights, you know, Damon Arnett for that starting position. And whoever isn't, um, you know, the who doesn't prevail in that battle now becomes the fourth cornerback. Uh, you need a whole bunch of them. Um, so, you know, you you, you a, a guy like Richard Sherman, his his presence uh, just adds to the depth now. Now, you know, guys. Uh, but again, it, it, all, so much of this is predicated on. Damon Arnett taking that step forward and Amik Robertson taking that step forward. Is it a guarantee? No, but they're too young to just kick to the curb or think that, you know, or, or just, you know, you want to be in a quick, uh, you know, uh, rush to, to replace them. That's not feasible. You can't be, you know, keep doing that. You have to have a belief that what you saw in the draft process is there and it's now on the coaching staff. Uh, to develop them, and you know, we haven't even brought up really necessarily Gus Bradley's name and Ron Milas's name right now. But those guys are so important this year 
um, in, in a lot of different ways. Obviously, game planning and putting guys in the right position to succeed are huge. Was that always the case the last couple of years? Um, I tend to think not. Uh, and I remember getting uh, texts from people uh, telling me that it was, a, it was an issue. Uh, last year, as far as what roles were, what guys were supposed to be doing, guys didn't know what they were supposed to be doing, uh, and and a lot of times when you hear talk like that, it's 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 on the coaching. Now, Gus Bradley and his staff have to do a better job, period, than what was happening last year. Uh, so, game planning, scheming, putting guys in the right position to succeed—that's on them. Developing guys, making sure. Uh, Damon Arnett is on the right path. Amik Robertson's on the right path. Jonathan Abram uh, is on the right path. That is on Gus Bradley now and his staff. And uh, that's they're getting paid a lot of money and being given a lot of responsibility to do that. Also, talent acquisition, the draft, free agency, their input, having weight, pulling weight, um, and and you know uh, and listening to them. You know, Joe Barry, the former Rams linebacker coach, who's now the Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator. I, I, I've recited this story, but it bears repeating. Um, and his the the it goes it, it it's a story about Corey Littleton. And at the time, um, you know, Joe was the the linebacker coach with the Washington Football Club, and the scouts and general manager gave him tape of a linebacker at the University of Washington to assess. They wanted his him to put a grade on this linebacker, okay? And so Joe tells me, he goes, I'm watching this tape of, I forget the guy's name, but just say it's number 32, right? So he's watching number 32, but this other kid by the name of Corey Littleton keeps popping into the screen, onto the screen, and just catching Joe Barry's attention, all right, and um, and so Joe's telling me he goes, I'm I'm breaking this film down of this kid that they wanted me to look at, and after I complete the whole process, go back to the scouts and the general manager, and and I say, hey, look, um, yeah, the guy that you asked me to look at, he's all right, he's pretty good, but the guy that we need to be looking at is this kid Corey Littleton, who is all over the field making plays. This is the guy that I think that we should target somewhere along the line. He didn't say he was a first or second or third round pick. But maybe in that fourth or fifth round, um, you know, this would be great value. So Joe's like, come draft night. Um, you know, we get into that area of the draft, and I'm over there pounding on the table saying, hey, Corey Littleton from Washington, Corey Littleton from Washington, Corey Littleton from Washington. This is the perfect time to get Corey Littleton from Washington. Falls on deaf ears. Nobody's listening to Joe Barry, all right? Uh, they don't draft him. Where does Corey Littleton end up that year? Is 2016. As an unrestricted free, I mean, excuse me, an undrafted free agent with the Los Angeles Rams. A year later, Joe Barry comes over from Washington with Sean McVay uh, on the staff of the Los Angeles Rams. Who's on the roster? Corey Littleton. So fate, as fate would have it, Joe Barry ended up getting to work with the guy that he was pushing for in the draft when he was in Washington. Nobody was listening to him at that point, and and you know the rest is history. Corey Littleton is a good player, but it shows you the importance of Listen to the guys that are going to coach these guys. Listen to the guys that have an understanding of what it is that they're looking for at certain positions. Um, and that was one where Washington, I'm sure to this day, regretted not listening to Joe Barry. I don't know who they drafted. I'd have to go look back at it. Um, but if you're the Raiders, if you're Mike Mayock, if you're John Gruden, if you're the decision makers, uh, the ultimate decision makers with the Raiders, 
it's important to listen to those guys. It's important to listen to Rod Marinelli. It's important to listen uh, to Richard Smith, the new linebacker coach. It's important to listen to Ron Milas, the uh, secondary coach, and of course, Gus Bradley. And at least from my conversations with Mike Mayock, uh, when I when I last talked to him, uh, he was bringing that up. He was bringing up the input that Gus Bradley and his staff has already had on him in terms of what it is that they're looking for. And if you can articulate that clearly, it makes the scouts' jobs and the general manager's jobs so much easier because then they can condense that down uh, to those guys that filter into those type that profile, and then you send you know you give those that information that tape uh, to the coaches and have them put the grades on them and say who what which one of these guys would really work for the system, which ones don't. Let's get rid of those guys. Which one of the guys here fits for this system? And if you can listen to those guys and be open minded about it. It makes your job that much easier. And usually the depth chart looks a lot better as a result. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Imbajonor. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. What's good, Raider Nation? Um, oh, by the way, uh, there is a Carl Joseph. Uh, sighting uh, in Henderson. He is visiting with the uh, Raiders. The former Raiders safety uh, is in Henderson right now visiting with the Raiders. It's been kind of uh, described to me as a um, weighing options kind of a uh, kind of a um, get together right now. So uh, we'll see where where, where all that goes. Uh, but obviously, Carl Joseph, the former Raider safety uh, who played last year uh, in Cleveland, um, is 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 here in town. Uh, visiting with his former team. Um, I'll keep you posted if I hear anything more as far as any expectation of, uh, of, of, of him signing. But again, the way it was described to me, um, kind of uh, weighing his options, so to speak. So um, we'll see if he's a, a, a real option uh, to bring back. Um, you're in the huddle with Vinny Monster, brought to you by uh, Tequila Embajador. Um And, you know, I, hey... Uh, to me, again, that would be a signing of, you know, a, a guy that you're familiar with, a guy that you know. Uh, is he the guy that I think the Raiders would line up uh, as the starter if they brought him in? Well, if he beats out whoever else they bring in, uh, then then he would be the starter. But I think uh, they have bigger plan or other plans uh, at at the free safety position, and I think that it starts uh, w- with the draft. But there you go, Carl Joseph. Uh, is in town uh, visiting visiting with the Raiders and uh, at least brings some experience. He wouldn't be uh, expensive whatsoever, um, but uh, we'll see. So there's your uh, there's your update on the Raiders secondary. And uh, while we're at it, you know, we could always let's let's take a look at who else uh, is available at that safety uh, position. I haven't looked at the updated list. Uh, in a little while, um, but uh, but there's there's some interesting uh, interesting names um, that that are, are are still out there. Let me uh, get to um, the uh, that list uh, if I can. Trey Boston uh, is still available. Um, um, Hooker Malik Hooker isn't Hooker still available? I gotta I gotta check on uh, on, on that. But um, there's still some options out there without question. Uh, but I think more than anything. Uh, the Raiders are, are are keeping an eye on that draft. I think that's there's whether you're talking about uh, Moreg from TCU, Javon Holland um, from Oregon, uh, Richie Grant from the University of Central Florida, Andre Cisco from Syracuse. Uh, there's a path 
available to the Raiders where they could add multiple free safety or multiple safeties uh, in the draft um, and uh, and 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 see where um, it goes there as as far as the draft goes. But uh, Carl Joseph, interesting. Uh, they traded. You know, he's. It's just. It's just funny how how life works sometimes. And I'm not saying he is going to sign uh, with the Raiders. Um, it's 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 uh, it's just interesting how it all works sometimes. But you know, at, when we're talking about uh, the, the the safety uh, position, obviously Jonathan Abram is uh, a, a huge piece uh, over there at that spot. But it'll be. In, it's really interesting to me. Um, because Gus Bradley, the system that he's going to run is different than what Paul Gunther was running, and uh, all, there's there's going to be differences in how the defensive backs play, uh, and and there were, I, there was argument being made throughout the course of last season uh, from people that I was talking to saying that the Raiders uh, secondary players weren't being utilized correctly. Uh, by Paul Gunther and and that staff, what they were asking him to do didn't necessarily fit with their skill levels uh, or their skill sets, uh, and so sometimes, you know, just changing it up from that perspective becomes really important. I always tell this story: um, Marcus Peters gets traded to the Rams. Uh, who's the defensive coordinator? Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips is a guy that likes to press cover on the corners with the corners. Uh, in man-to-man situations, uh, in, in order to be able to free up people to to go uh, blitz, you know, it, 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 he liked to blitz. He wanted to blitz, but part of blitzing means, you know, you have to have guys that can defend in man-on-man, one-on-one situations. Because obviously, you're taking what would have been a pass defender uh, and rushing him on the quarterback. All right, so. That's what he likes to do. That's what Wade Phillips likes to do. Here comes Marcus Peters. He's not good at it. It took him about eight games, and he was horrible, playing horrible. And Wade Phillips had the fortitude to say, you know what? My, I'm doing this guy a disservice. So he switched everything up to allow Marcus Peters to be more of a zone cover guy, which is what he excels at. And his season got turned around. Uh, Marcus Peters is dead, and they go. To, the Rams end up going to, to the Super Bowl. They end up trading him because he really wasn't an ideal fit in Wade Phillips's uh, defense. But Wade Phillips made it work by being flexible as a coach. And I say that because I think there's talent on this Raiders team that just hasn't been utilized correctly these last couple of years. It'll be interesting to see how guys like Jonathan Abram, David Arnett, Trayvon Mullen, how that translates. Corey Littleton um, with the new defensive co- uh, uh, coaching staff. What, how they, what the plan will be to use these guys in a way that better suits what it is that they do. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador. I want to say thank you to everybody that called. Uh, a bunch of calls. We love it. Love the energy. Uh, Demond Cotton, thanks for everything uh, that, that you do. Sorry about putting you on the spot about the salary cap. I hear what you're saying, brother. Um, it's all good. Uh, you know that. I want to say thanks to uh, Tequila and Bavador. There's some great big things that are coming up. Can't wait to share it all with you. Uh, but that's definitely on the horizon. We'll be back at it tomorrow, uh, 4 to 6 p.m. To all the listeners out there, we really appreciate it. The numbers are, are really, really strong, uh, and we thank you for that. Talk to you guys tomorrow, 4 to 6, in the huddle. Vinny Monsignor brought to you by Tequila and Bajador. <laughs>